This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A very warm welcome once again to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, X and Twitch in HD tonight by all accounts. So good evening if you're watching along live. Our podcast is supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make the show each week. So thank you as always. And a huge thank you to Pitta Self-Drive for sponsoring this episode. They're offering TSP listeners 10% off rentals with the code TOTALSAINTS. That's all one word. You can use that code when you're booking online or quote the code when you're booking over the phone. They offer cars, vans, trucks and minibus hire at very reasonable prices. They're also flexible on short-term or long-term rental needs and they operate a 24-hour drop-off service. So there's no need to stress about dropping off the vehicle in working hours. And if you need a van for a tip run or maybe to move some furniture they also offer hourly van hire pitta self-drive is based in west end making them the best solution for southampton van hire at affordable prices you can find out more and get in touch via the website which is pittaselfdrive.co.uk or give them a call on 02380474443 coming up this week on the podcast saints extended their unbeaten run to 21 league matches with a comfortable win at Rotherham United. We're going to review that game. And we've got two home games this week. On Tuesday, it's the FA Cup fourth round replay against Watford. Then in the league, it's the visit of Huddersfield Town on Saturday. So we'll look ahead to both of those games. My name is Martin Stark and joining me this evening is Glenn Delacour, who's the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Alfie House is senior Southampton reporter for the Daily Echo and Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web. All underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 262 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. 
Now, we start with the weekly nod to our Patreon community, whose monthly contributions support the show. There are four tiers, ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of those tiers has different perks, like access to the ad-free version of the podcast. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merch bundles. There's the TSP FPL. And you get access to our TSP events and much, much more. And this week, we are very excited to be launching the New Look TSP shop. Now, there are some hoodies, t-shirts, shirts and mugs to start loads more to come over the coming weeks uh, all modeled by us this evening so if you fancy looking like steve or maybe dressing like glenda liqueur uh, then go and check it out and have a little look uh, we'll be adding the patreon discounts to each tier as part of the membership perks and we'll have that set up in the next few days in the meantime if you want to go and have a look and i do recommend you check it out uh, you can head online at shop.totalsaints.co.uk now, if you want to get involved in supporting TSP each month, head over to patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast for all the details. All those links are in the podcast show notes and you'll find them in the YouTube description as well. Right, let's talk football, shall we? Saints moved back into second place with a decent win at bottom club Rotherham United. Uh, Alfie, you were there covering that game for the Echo. Was it as comfortable as it sounded? Yeah, I think it probably was, to be fair. Um, Gavin Bazunu made a, a decent save at the end of either half, but other than that, he wasn't really tested at all. And obviously, Bednarek gave them gave the side a perfect start on his 200th appearance. And I think, to be fair, Ryan Fraser basically won the game in the first sort of 35 minutes because it was him that was constantly peppering down the left. And then, obviously, a, a brilliant set for Adam Armstrong with his second as well. And I think they probably should have been 3-0 at halftime, to be honest with you, because Will Smallbone had one that was um, saved by Johansson I mean, that Johansson for Rotherham, I'm sure we'll get on to him, but he's he is excellent. And if any, any Premier League team wants a backup goalkeeper next season, I would be 100% going for him if he's available because both games, St Mary's and now at New York, he's been fantastic. But yeah, the second half, um, you know, it was it was dull. It wasn't entertaining at all, but they didn't need to be. They were two goals up and they were cruising. And I think the, the packed away end sort of kept themselves entertained. I think from the, the 63rd minute onwards, it was basically 23 undefeated without stopping for the entire time. So yeah, another, <laughs> another three points. Um Comfortable. They're not a very good side and they're in a bit of trouble. I think their home support sort of reflected that because it wasn't a brilliant atmosphere from everywhere else in the stadium. Glenn, is it fair to say this was justice for Russell Martin after that draw earlier in the season, perhaps? Because that uh, we spoke about this last week. That was one of the games that, that frustrated him immensely. And you kind of felt like if we got a decent win or at least three points, he would be able to get that out of his system. Yeah, I'm not sure justice is the right word. Maybe, uh, maybe a bit of redemption. Yeah, he obviously took this one very seriously because... You know, the result against them earlier on in the season uh, bothered him. Um, so, yeah, I think he he would have been happy. It was it was interesting that we, um, you know, we came up with a new kickoff routine right from the start, which had obviously been unveiled specifically for this game. And it, you know, it was all about getting the first goal today and then keeping going in exactly the, the way that we didn't in the, um, in the, in the first game. Mm. So, uh, as I said, he he obviously really, really wanted to win this game, probably more so than uh, than any other game because of how much it uh, it keeps bothering him. Um, I mean, Alfie's mentioned it quite a few times that you know he he, he will randomly bring up the Rotherham game in uh, in press conferences when even when he's not asked about it's it. It's not just so, us, is it? No, he he keeps on bringing it up. It's almost absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, he won't let us forget it. Yeah, because that was the t- that was the time when his old his old philosophy. You know, we we played well enough. We had ninety percent possession or whatever, and we ended up only getting one point. So uh, that was the time it didn't work out for him. But uh, I mean, we were warned there would be days like that when uh, when he became our manager. But uh, thankfully, 
recently at least, or since that game, there, there haven't been too many of them. So, uh, yeah, happy days. And, uh, yeah, it was comfortable against what I thought were basically Rotherham were like a, like a pub team, really. I thought they were a pub team with a world-class goalkeeper playing as a ringer. That's that's what it reminded me of. You know, there's a temptation when you get a little bit older to look back at football in the old days and bit, get a bit nostalgic about, you know, football used to be better. But, I mean, it was um, Tranmere Rovers in the League Cup, wasn't it, with um, the, the centre-half going up to take throw-ins from both sides and just launching missiles into the box. It was just, they were they were rubbish, really, and they, they won't be a loss to the Championship when they, uh, when they inevitably go down. I mean, uh, most teams try and play some football. You know, at least at least try and play, but I, I don't think I've seen a team that attempted even to play uh, less than Rotherham did. So, uh, but you know, it could it could have been tricky, but we've we've learned. You know, we're a better team now than we were back then, and um, got the job done. Steve, you were there yesterday. I mean, what was it like? Good atmosphere. I mean, they've ground out some some results, haven't they? So really, you, you kind of go, it, it's a good win away from home again. Yeah, it was a, it was a potential banana skin given. As you say, their record against the other good sides, um, Ipswich and Leeds have gone away with only a point. Uh, Middlesbrough got beat. Uh, Leicester needed an injury time winner. So, yeah, to have got it done in such comfortable fashion. Um, I mean, I think that part, partly that's reflective of the fact that Rotherham have now been kind of cut adrift a little bit and there's less hope for them, really. Um, so they don't kind of go into games with the same gung-ho sort of attitude against against these um, against the bigger sides that they they perhaps did earlier in the season but yeah we I mean as we as mentioned that kickoff routine we were on it from literally the first kick and I mean we score in the fourth minute and yet you could justifiably say that that goal had already been coming Mm. it was it was no surprise when when it when the ball hit the back of the net and yeah we just just did our jobs little fuss I mean the pitch was tacky to say the least ball bobbling up off off people's shins all the time and it was it looked looked difficult to keep possession at times but we kind of worked the ball into space and allowed runners to kind of negate the pitch conditions so that we weren't trying to always play these uh, play pretty triangles in the toughest parts of the pitch we were actually looking for the ball kind of through the channel and in and in behind a lot and obviously Ryan Fraser had a, had a whole lot of success in the first half hour 40 minutes of the game through doing that second half was I mean, as Alfie said it was a bit of a non-event really could still have scored a couple but yeah just saw the saw the game out with a, min- with a minimum of fuss really that the second half was an interesting one wasn't it Alfie I mean what was it for you when you know, it kind of like went off the boil a bit was it a case of job done or or was it having to deal with with Rotherham and, and the way they play it, it what, what how come the, the effort just kind of like dropped in the second half a bit well I don't think Russell Martin would refute that the the effort dropped in the second half I think the entertainment dropped in the second half because the game was won I think some were quite happy to to control the control the ball a little bit it, it picked up again when David Brooks came on obviously and, and Joe Rothwell they both did their jobs um off the bench and you know David Brooks got people excited with a couple of touches, nutmegs, and I think he, he should have had assist actually because it was a great ball across for Sekumara. So I think we could have been sat there saying that it was actually it was three or four nil and they scored a couple of goals in the second half as well. But I think Steve mentions um, the pitch wasn't fantastic. I think the players sort of reported back to Russell that they didn't really enjoy playing on it. But there was quite a funny um, sort of interaction between one of the Yorkshire-based journalists and Russell Martin at full time um, in the press conference because Russell sort of made a passing comment that the pitch wasn't the best. And they came back with it was actually voted the best pitch of the women's Euros um, last summer. Um, they, you know, they played games at Aston Villa and, and 
Wembley, I think, as well. But it was voted the best picture, Rotherham. But that was a long time ago. Um, I think Russell was just saying that I didn't mean any offence. Um, but today, it was clearly not the best. Um, so, yeah, I think that probably played a part as well. But at the end of the day, when you're two goals up and you're, you're 23 games on being, I don't think it matters if it's a bit of a non-event. No, absolutely. Let's just chat about the goals, Glenn. I mean, perfect start. Bednarek as well. He's 200th game for the club. They there were some neck muscles to get that in. That was a good, a great header. That just what we needed that four minutes. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I'm not sure. It could be one of those ones where I'm not sure if Adam Armstrong gets the assist again because it's kind of hit him. Mm, oh, it, 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 so it, it hits it, his knee, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Hits his knee, loops up in the air, and and Bednarek from a standing jump. It's it's actually a really good header. Mm. Just place mm. places it past the goalkeeper. I mean, it's amazing that he didn't actually save it because he saved everything else virtually. But uh, <laughs> no, it was a, it was it was a it was a good header. It's interesting to hear Russell Martin say afterwards that they've been on at Bednarek about scoring more goals because um, he doesn't score enough for a, a guy of his size. And he had a little he had a little run sort of couple, two or three years ago where he scored three or four goals in about sort of fifteen games or something. But he's uh, He's uh, not looked dangerous at all this season. It's mainly been Harwood Bellis, who's looked like the, the, the threatening one at that end of the pitch. So, uh, no, fair play to uh, to Bednarek. I didn't realise it was his 200th game, but uh, it's a nice nice way to mark it. And, uh, and it, he deserves it, to be honest. I thought, you know, just generally a performance. I thought he was excellent, as as usual. I thought him and Harwood Bellis were, were, were both excellent, um, sort of. 100% performance is pretty faultless, really. And um, as I said a couple of weeks ago, that that centre-back pairing and Flynn Downs and Bazunu doing the business behind, that's the the sort of spine of the team defensively that will get us promoted if it if it sticks together and keeps playing the way it is. So, uh, yeah, happy days. And, uh, but it's always nice for the uh, for the centre-halves to uh, get a goal themselves because I'm... I'm sure they uh, they trundle up the pitch uh, plenty of times during the game and uh, don't get anywhere near it. So it's a nice when one comes off. I do think in many respects that he looks like he's the captain on the pitch. I know Adam Armstrong's yeah. also got the armband, but yeah. Jan is the man leading. He's got Taylor helping him as well. But I noticed that Howard Bellis obviously has this um, this like diagonal chipping wedge of a ball, which is just 100% faultless um, every single time. But Jan Bednarik's got his own little bit of a trademark, uh, like a low drive down the left-hand side into Ryan Fraser's feet where he can sort of spin and play one as well. I noticed he did it a couple of times yesterday. Um, it's, a, it's a simple pass, but it's just... Russell Martin pointed out that it's just that bravery of you know he's so important off the ball as well, but on it, bringing the ball out and playing it, and you know sort of turning yeah. defense into attack very quickly. Am I right in thinking he got a ten out of ten in your your ratings for the? the yeah, better it did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a rule that you don't really give ten out of tens in football ratings, but in the, the yeah. day when someone scored a goal, they've had you know however many defensive actions they they've kept the clean sheet. What more can you give them? Go on, Glenn. Sorry, what were you going to say? I can't remember. Yeah, okay, yeah, Bednarek and his and his passing. It's 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 something that we never really thought he had in his locker. Mm. You know, he was always one that you thought when Russell Martin came in, you thought oh, Bednarek might struggle a little bit because he's not the best on the ball. You know, he he used to think he was similar to I don't know, like Salasu was, where mm. you, you kind of okay, they're all right defensively, but you know, can they can they pass the ball? And yeah, he's. I know it's uh, you know at a lower level in the championship, but he's uh, he's proved more than capable this season. And I think Alfie said last week he's he's the one that you know seems to seems to have more touches than anybody in terms of um, you know being the one who tries to break the lines. And he's he's more likely to do it along the ground as well. So uh, yeah, fair fair play to him. And he slotted in playing that left hand side as well because previously mm. he virtually always played on the right. 
but he's obviously uh, he's obviously comfortable playing on the other side as well. So all good. Uh, let's talk about the other goal, Steve. I mean, Adam Armstrong with the goal, but that was kind of made by well, obviously the, the chip over the top and Ryan Fraser. It was a thing of beauty to watch that back on the highlights. Yeah, I've seen um, comparisons with that ludicrous, uh, quite famous Guti Guti assist for Real Madrid. I think it was against Deportivo La Coruña back in the back in the day. I mean, it must be going back twenty five years now. But it was—I mean, it wasn't quite at that level, was it? Let's be let's be brutally honest. But no, it was really well worked, and to have that awareness and know where Armstrong is is kind of going to be running from. Uh, I mean, obviously, he'd have got a shout for it, but to 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 kind of still manage to lay it off perfectly into his path. I mean, I, I don't think it's the best of finishes in all, no, in all honesty. The, keep, the keeper has actually made a bit of a pig's ear at that one. Did he did he hit it too well? <laughs> no, he's not hit it hit it at all well. He's, he's scuffed it. it, if anything. But it's um, yeah. but I think I think the keeper's hmm. expecting a hard finish, and he's he's just yeah he's just kind of dived over the top of it a little bit, really. But yeah, that's really really well worked. Um, so fifteen. 15 goals for the season, potentially 12 assists if we're giving him the the first goal. So, um, yeah, let's credit where it's due. 20, 27 goal involvements in February is fairly Not ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And obviously a debut for, for David Brooks. Did you see enough yesterday, Alfie, to get excited about uh, what that might hold for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, I think to be fair, we saw enough last Thursday to be excited about it because, you know, he played, however many, was it 90 or 70 minutes against Swansea, championship side, and was unbelievable. So uh, I think cup, we know that, game for Bournemouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think we knew that he would come in and be sharp and be ready. But I think it was. I think it's like I mentioned, obviously, sort of in the opening segment. But saying that his first two touches were to flick the ball over someone's head and then nutmeg somebody else, and you just think, well, there's a player here, and he he looks sharp. He's got a bit of a job um, getting into the team. Although I think he could well be, you know, a top top Championship player. He's going to have to displace Adam Armstrong because um, Russell Martin told us on Friday that he sees him as a a bit of a specialist in the number seven, the right hand side. Um, so although we sort of think that he can probably play in a 10 and maybe he can play off the left as well, we saw that he actually moved Adam Armstrong to the other side to accommodate David Brooks coming in. And realistically, I don't think you're going to be moving Adam Armstrong out of his preferred position all too often, if I'm being honest. But he's going to, he's going to be uh, you know, an important player, obviously. They've got so many games coming up. It's just a shame that he's cut tired already. So he can't play 90 minutes on Tuesday and sort of get a couple of goals and show everybody what he's about. He's not going to walk into the team, though, is he, Glenn? And I think when he, he did his, his interviews, he, he kind of admitted that. He's, you know, I've come here, I want to get some minutes, but I know that I've got to, to earn it and, and take every opportunity that I get. Yeah, you're, you're always a little bit worried when lone players come in that there's there's some sort of guaranteed minutes. I know, um, as Steve said last week, it, that tends to be younger players that that happens for. Mm. But um, yeah, you, you're, I, the good thing about Brooks is I'm not remotely worried that he's going to upset any sort of like harmony in the squad because he just seems like, you know, he just seems like a top guy. And and the the key line for me when he he, he said I I've got to try and earn some minutes, whereas you know implying that he knows it isn't going to be easy. He's coming into a side that's twenty whatever games unbeaten, so it's not as if we're struggling. It's not like you know Holgate's gone to Sheffield United and they're desperate, in. so he's yeah. so he's going to play and lose five nil. But um, two, two five yeah, nil debuts. What a season! Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's you know, so it's it's not like that. He's he's coming into a to a to a team that's going very well. So so the more I thought about that one, the, I I just think you, you know you you can't have too many good players, and he he can slot in elsewhere as Adam Armstrong can. So he will get minutes. Whether he starts many games, I don't know. I think you know, I think Brooks sees it is that. 
he'll he'll play more get you know get more minutes playing for us than he than he yeah. was getting for Bournemouth and and Rothwell's probably the same. It was interesting that I think you know Rothwell looked a little bit better. I'm still not convinced. Um, and we'll we'll come on to uh, Charlie Alcaraz later, I'm sure. But with with regards to Brooks, he, he's obviously a very good player at this level, and it's it's similar to Ryan Fraser really in that there's a there's a Premier League level player there, and f- f- for different reasons they've they've you know they've got to uh, they've got to fight to get into the team, and and they've they've got to prove what they're uh, what they're about. And if he's half as successful as um, as Fraser has been, then uh, then it's uh, it's going to be a good a good time for everybody. Just a word on the the league position before we move on, Steve. I mean, we're second for the first time on merit. Played one game less than Leeds. I think for me, the Ipswich result was the one that I was following more closely yesterday. That seemed to be a bit more significant than ours. As you mentioned, Leicester are kind of they've just got that ruthlessness at the moment. But is there now that added pressure that comes with being second? We've been chasing Ipswich now we're in that position the pressure's on us all of a sudden I mean maybe I, I don't I genuinely don't know whether whether the team and management take that much notice I mean mm. they'll I mean they'll they'll kind of I mean let's be honest they'll they'll say oh we don't look at the league table we're, we're just con- taking it one game at a time you can only concentrate on doing your own thing um, which is all kind of true and fair but I mean you'd be I'm sure it'd be a little bit weird if people weren't looking and seeing kind of what the context of of each result was and and whether it was giving you any breathing room. And Ipswich have finally kind of put in one of those, by all accounts, that their first half was just one of those performances where they were just an absolute mess. And yeah, I mean they they fought back second half. Kiefer Moore was quite quite key to their sort of near comeback in the second half so that's that's going to be one to watch out for that loan signing um because I think he might have a he might have a good impact for them but yeah we've we've taken advantage and we're um it's it's now it's now our position to to kind of fortify really just got to keep keep plowing away I did see someone joking yesterday that the Leeds fans know our fixture list better than we do. They've been oh, yeah. uh, quoting who we've got to play and when we've got to play them and where we've got to go mm. to and, uh, and and the results that have come against the top sides and those that haven't. So we shall see. Nevertheless, clean sheet, no injuries and uh, onto the cup. I just want to do the um, do the rounds for player of the week. I guess, Alfie, if you've given someone a 10 out of 10 mm. in your, <laughs> your newspaper, then there's only one person you can really nominate. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of nines as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, Jan Bednarek, he's the, he's, the, he's the leader on the pitch. He's, um, he's just so important to his team and he was absolutely immense yesterday. So um, yeah, for me, Jan Bednarek. We'll put Bednarek down first. Uh, Glenn, any other standouts for you? Uh, Ryan Fraser, um, just just for his... I, I love the run for the second goal. He, he looks to make that run all the time. He, he sort of takes a couple of steps across and then darts in behind. He always seems to time it well. So you look at him and you think he must be offside, but he obviously no. isn't on a number of occasions. Uh, in fact, I don't remember him getting caught offside. He just seems to seems to time that really well. So I'd say he he was definitely worth a shout and um, probably a bit unsung. But I thought Will Smallbone played well again. I yeah. think he's 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 putting together a string of you know decent performances now. That the I think the last three times he's uh, forget the Watford Cup game. Um, he was okay in that, but I think the last three league performances, he's been uh, he's been decent. So uh, he made he made yeah. a run through the channel at pace, which is like <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've not seen you do this before. Yeah, sorry, he was unlucky not to sc- he was unlucky not to score, wasn't he? That's was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous save. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ridiculous save. Go on, Alfie. 
I was going to say, interestingly, um, Russell Martin said to me in the press conference after that he's never seen sort of Will Smallbone, I guess, sort of training so well, training so hard, um, sort of performing so well since Joe Rockwell came in. He really thinks that that addition has mm. obviously lifted his levels. I mean, he would say that wouldn't need to sort of back up his transfer, but it was a comment that he made sort of unprovoked. Uh, Steve, anybody else you want to add to the list? Uh, I thought Stu Armstrong was very good um, okay. for an hour. <laughs> he, he seemed to be the one that, that tired the most obviously, and yet yeah. we left him on the whole game, which I found a little bit odd. But yeah, first hour he was everywhere, constantly involved, and yeah, he's just he's just the glue that kind of links all the all the little different creative parts of the team together, uh, just makes it tick. So uh, yeah, I go for him again. All right, we'll get that poll on social media in just a bit. Tuesday night is, I think, our third of four games against Watford this season. Hmm. It's the FA Cup fourth round replay. Uh, a trip to Anfield for the winners in the next round. Let's have a little uh, look ahead to that. Steve, how would you approach this one? I guess we're not going to see the changes that we saw last time. Um, no, I think we would. We will see more or less the I mean, other than the players that aren't here, so no Holgate, no uh, Alcaraz, um, I think we'll see exactly the same. Russell Martin has already kind of demonstrated what he thinks of this tie and having earned, in in, quote, in inverted commas, um, a potential tie at Anfield in the, in the next round, it's like, well, do we need that distraction? Do we need the likely... Because um, you, you would go up there, you would need to put your full strength side out. I don't think I don't think we would be able to go up to to Anfield yeah. and play a reserve team. So, do we need a, a midweek round of games where we need to put a full full eleven out? I would say not. The only, the only I guess the only sort of counter to to my theory there is that he made the substitutions that he did at Watford, um, sort of on sixty sixty five minutes, where he brought the big guns on, and we rescued the rescued the draw. Whereas um, if he if he genuinely didn't, but you just left them on. Care. Yeah, just <laughs> just leave the, leave the eleven out there. Saying no, that's fine. We we're not not fussed because the draw had been made as well, wasn't it? It's was that bizarre thing halfway through the second half where the draw yes. has taken place. So word yeah, would have got to them. I do. I think Len sort of said it last week, but I do think from a personal point of view that um, Russell Martin does really want to go to Anfield. He does want to test himself against Jurgen Klopp. So there's no doubt in my mind that he wants to win that game. He'll obviously make seven or eight changes, I think, just because he he feels he has to and he wants to give players minutes. But they'll be trying to win. Do you think it's a good opportunity for, for some of the other players, Glenn? I know we talked about like the cup games in the earlier um, part of the season where it's been a bit of a disaster, to be honest, but people are learning the system all the time. And it, it's a shame that, that some are going to be cup-tied and, and some have gone, but it, it's an opportunity for others to kind of stake a claim. Well, we, we talked um, after the Watford game that no, no one who wasn't a regular in the league side really put their hand up and, and said, I, you know, I'm ready to play. Um, you know, Tyler Dibbling got given a game didn't set the world alight. Some of the other fringe players, Sekumara, for example, didn't set the world alight. Joe Rothwell didn't set the world alight. There was a lot of that, you know, sort of like throughout that performance against Watford, which is why we had to make the four substitutions in the second half to um, to try and rescue it. So, uh, yeah, it is another opportunity. Um, I, I do, I do, you know, because we've lost two players, basically, from that lineup that played against Watford, and we haven't gained any because Brooks is cup-tied, you can. I could maybe see someone like Cam Bragg starting a game. You know, I could see maybe him coming into the midfield. So that maybe that would be a massive, you know, massive opportunity for him. You've got to think that maybe Sam Ammo or Tyler Diblin will get given another, another go, and uh, you know, to, to see what they can do. Jaden Magoma will play again. Yeah, and um, and it'll be um, you know, and obviously Jack Stevens will start somewhere, either centre back or right back. 
to uh, you know try and get him up to speed again. But uh, yeah, they, they, it's it is it is very important for the players. You know when when you get given opportunities, we've I've banged this drum before. When when you get given opportunities, even if it's only ten minutes here or there, you've got to try and make an impact. Um, repeating myself again, you know you saw James Bree do that earlier on in the season. Came from nowhere, got picked. Everybody cringed, and and he and he played well, and he stayed inside. Joe Rebo's done the same. Come from nowhere, got in the side, and suddenly we're talking about actually missing him, which is not something that would have would would have happened a few months ago. So, it's you know it's a, it's a big game for the likes of you know Seku. I'm going to keep banging the, banging this drum as well. Seku Mara, when's when's he going to step up? When's he going to actually put in a performance where you think? Oh, okay. This guy might be a, a legitimate option to play centre forward if if someone's injured. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's opportunity out there for for people, and it's it's just whether it comes together in a coherent enough uh, fashion to uh, be too good for whatever team Watford put out. And I suppose Alfie, it's about keeping the momentum ticking over because we saw Ipswich lose their cup game, and then they they lose the the league game after that. So mm. he, he just want to Glenn, I think, touched on it last week. If you're gonna go to Anfield and get beat that's some that's okay you can go there and you can lose your your, your unbeaten record yeah. but you, you want to keep that momentum going at home if you can yeah yeah you might as well keep the unbeaten run going you might as well win at home you might as well win every game you play if you can so I don't like to say I understand that it's obviously not the priority but they'll 100% be trying to win I think the other thing I'll be looking forward to is there will be minutes for Samadozi as well whether he's fit enough to start or not I don't know that I think sort of what Russell Martin said he alluded he may won't maybe won't be but he'll get 30 minutes or something I think he had you know, what was it, four four goals in his last sort of five or six games before he got injured? So it'd be a chance for him to get some more minutes as well. But yeah, I mean, the interesting one that Glenn mentioned for me is the um, the Sam Amo and the Tyler Dibbling one because both of them seem to do better when they come off the bench. Um, obviously, it's a completely different prospect starting a game and, and coming on with no defensive responsibilities and just sort of having the free run at somebody who's already knackered. Um, so it'd be interesting to see which one of those he picks. I think one of them will start. And Jaden Magoma, as well, I'm pretty sure Jaden Magoma will start to give Ryan Manning a day off. And I thought that Jaden Magoma actually looked really good against Watford. Like you wouldn't have been able to tell mm. that he was one of the under 18s, um, so mm. to speak, um, in that game. So yeah, yeah good opportunities all around. And I don't Is think Watford have a... won a game since, have they? Watford haven't won a game yeah. um, since we played him. So mm. what were you going to say, Glenn? Is there extra time potentially yes. in this sort of goes? Yeah, so well, with Sam Adozi, for example, it's a bit of a risk putting him on mm. on, the, on the hour mark and then he might have to play a, another half an hour. So I would suggest maybe he'll start and they'll try and get him to half time mm. and then take him off. But yeah, because you don't want him having to play another. You do get a sixth sub, don't you, to be fair? So you get, a free, you get an extra sub. Oh, yeah. Extra time. yeah. If I'm right. Yeah. So you could do that. But yeah, I'm handful about that. This is the last round, though, isn't it, where they go they go straight to, um, to penalties after this, isn't it? For no replays, uh... no extra times. Right? I think that, I think there's still extra time. Is there? No, but there's def- yeah, definitely no replays. No, well, not that'll be not that'll be anything to bear in mind at Anfield anyway. So. <laughs> get, get, get a point at Anfield. Get get a draw. <laughs> <man. laughs> And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, they, uh, it is a really busy month, obviously. The busy month of February continues then with a home game on Saturday against Huddersfield. Glenn, it's another chance to get revenge for a poor result earlier in the season. Yeah, it was, and we really didn't play well at all in that game. We had a little sort of five-minute spell when we scored, but up to then we weren't great. And in the second half, we were terrible. That was when we were still almost being complacent at 1-0. Yeah, we, we, were, we were terrible. And then they scored a fluke, wasn't it? It was a sort of left-footed cross from the right that everybody missed. Uh, it floated over someone's head and bounced and uh, presumably didn't get across. So it was um, it was a, a poor couple of points to drop. Um, but, you know, like with the Rotherham game, we, we've, we've improved so much since then that you, you've got to think that if we, if we take the lead, and especially at home where... Since that Rotherham home game, we've won every game. So obviously that's going to come to an end at some point. But I don't, I don't see it against uh, against Huddersfield, even though they had a, you know, they had a good result at the weekend. Uh, they've sacked the manager, haven't they? Since yeah. um, potential since new new manager bounce, Michael Duff coming in potentially. Yeah, what the Swansea P, the Swansea yeah. PE teacher. Who, um, <laughs> yeah, they. Um, I imagine he'll be trying to delay his appointment until uh, until after they've played us. I can't imagine <laughs> he'd uh, he'd want to face. Uh, um, Russell Martin at St Mary's um, straight away, but uh, but no, I you know I don't really see too much to fear with this one, even though they've had a good result, and um, you know we've just got to do the business like um, like we have been doing against um, against these sort of teams, and uh, there shouldn't be any sort of repeat of the uh, dropping of points that we had at, uh, at Huddersfield's ground. When you look at the fixtures, Steve, there's some some tricky ones coming up after this, and I'm not being disrespectful, but it, it kind of seems to me that this might be the the easier of the games this month, and and this is a good chance to get three more points in the bag before I think is it like Bristol City, and I think we've got West Brom coming up too. They're not going to yeah. be easy games. Yeah, there's a there's a whole sort of bumpy bump in the road coming. Mm. I mean, I'm sure City. I'm sure the Leeds fans are correct me in the comments if I got it wrong. But <laughs> yes, uh... <laughs> um, Bristol City were Bristol City were really just toothless against Leeds on Friday. It was really disappointing. I was I was hoping they were going to kind of go at them a little bit and and kind of give them a bit of a test. But yeah, they didn't they didn't show anything. So if they if they're kind of the same against us, then I don't I actually don't think that game's going to be as much of a problem. West Brom at the Hawthorns are a are a tough proposition. Um they've got a very good home record, late win against uh against Birmingham yesterday. And but yeah, Hud, I mean Huddersfield is Without a doubt, the the sort of the one on on that that run of um, run of games coming up, where you'd say, I mean, absolutely, that's a, that's a home win, and and I don't I I don't think I'll be you know I'd be going anywhere anywhere other than a, a comfortable home win for that. Alfie, this was the game back in November, I think, where we were struggling to get that second goal. I think you you, you wrote about it at the time. We spoke about it at the time. That was what was really costing us, especially away from home. But it seems that we're over that now. So that that shouldn't be a problem on Saturday. Yeah, well, away from home, I think it's still been um, since February 2020 that Saints haven't won by three goals on the road. So um, I suppose you could say that's something that is still going on. But um, yeah, I mean, this one would be, you'd like to think it would be routine enough. Um 
at home, it, it'll be a full-strength side. It'll be probably, well, depending on what happens on Tuesday night, I suppose, it'll, it'll probably be exactly the same eleven that played the last two league games. And there's no reason to to fear anything other um, than a, a home win. So, yeah, I'm actually going to be missing this one because I'm, I'm going to Iceland um, for a few days. So this will be the first league game I'm missing for quite a long time, which is a bit of a shame. So I'm hoping I don't miss any fireworks. I'm, I'm sure I won't. Let's hope that's not an omen. <laughs> mm. There was a bit of anger around at the time, wasn't there? I remember, like back in November, Glenn, people thinking this was that was it. You know, we're never going to make the automatics after that result um, when we were chucking away. Because I think the others did Ipswich and Leicester drop some points that weekend as well. There was there was a lot of people thinking actually we're not going to get the automatics at this rate. But it, we've come a long way since then. Uh, yeah, we we definitely have, and you know we've we've sorted out the home form and and you know the last two games, Swansea and Rotherham, we seem to have sorted out the away form as well. It's it's just a case of keeping going once we get ahead and, and not thinking that the job is done. I know that there was probably a little bit of playing within ourselves in the second half against Rotherham, but but certainly at home, we, we keep going, even if teams, you know, keep it relatively tight and it might only be 1-0 after 60 minutes, but we, we seem to have, we seem to uh, reap the benefits later on of, of the way we play. So what I like about our our team, regardless of anything else, is is the fact that we do seem to be still learning, still improving, still chipping away at things. There's there's so many individual players who are playing better than they were at the start of the season, and and certainly the the, the sort of team play and the way it all knits together is is certainly improving. You know, maybe maybe set pieces will come together. I mean, I know we scored a goal kind of from a corner on uh, against Rotherham, but we we don't seem to be too threatening at that. Maybe that's an area that we can uh, we can look to improve on. Uh, maybe the uh, maybe we need a new set piece coach. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying with the with the fixture list we've got coming up. You know, sooner or later we start playing the four teams that we lost, and mm. obviously, you know, mm. we've <laughs> we've got Ipswich away, and we have got Leeds away last game. We have got Leicester away, so there are uh, there are many more difficult tests to come that should be. A lot more difficult than this one should be. So, uh, so hopefully we can get it done and uh, and uh, move on to the bigger challenges later. That's I know it's a switch of playing at twelve thirty on Saturday though. So I think by the time kickoff comes around, there could be an opportunity to to go you know even further ahead in the table. That really could be some redemption. Steve, final word on on Huddersfield. I mean, you mentioned the result of the weekend. Um, it wasn't a great game by all accounts, was it? Those four goals came in. I think. 12 minutes or something caretaker manager which often means a bit of unpredictability they might have someone in place by then but should we be wary of them in any way can you can you make a case um i think we've ultimately got to be wary of our own complacency we are we are man for man can be a better team than, than whatever huddersfield are able to put out on that on that pitch on saturday yeah. so as long as we do our job then barring any sort of rotherham at home-esque um weirdness um, we should be winning the game. I don't fear Huddersfield. They've they've looked they've looked anemic up front for the most part. And Saturday was, I mean, judging by Huddersfield fan reaction online, it's been it was it was basically a, a game that was destined to be nil nil until sudden, a sudden sort of freak 15, 20 minute period where football broke out, um, but only at one end of the pitch. Um, so I yeah I, I don't see them I don't see them threatening us. Um, a whole lot but yeah you've got to be still got to be wary keep the back door shut okay let's get some score predictions then so um eleanor was on last week alfie and got the score prediction right i don't know if that means you get the points i don't know whether technically she hmm. was playing for you That's we'll right. have to we'll have to uh check the rules on that one but do you want to go first with a, a score prediction for the, the huddersfield game are we skipping watford completely yeah 
Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, Huddersfield, I will go for a nice, easy 3-0 win. Okay. I think I did the cut by mistake last time. Then Steve got all excited because he thought we'd get getting some points. And it turns out that doesn't count towards the I don't know. I think they're making up the rules as we go along. So, <laughs> Glenn? Um, I was going to say exactly the same as Alfie. So, I'll stick with it and go, um, yeah, 3-0 home win. We could have a clean sheet for 3-0. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I, th- I don't think it will be quite as sort of one-sided as, in terms of the scoreline as our sort of recent home games, just because we've got these run this run mm. of silly midweek games coming up and we're going to be trying to get people off the pitch as, as quickly as possible on Saturday, I imagine. So I reckon we'll get 2-0 and then a whole load of substitutions and it will go, all go a bit disjointed for 20 minutes. You don't back so, Sekimara's game, himself one. Well, he might do. He's 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 done done it a few times in in the last couple of months, hasn't he? But um, I think balance of probability says probably not. Um, two nil for me. Okay, thank you. Well, now that the January transfer window has closed, we can look back at the business that Saints did. If you're watching live, I'd be interested to see how you would rate the the transfer window out of ten. So, by my reckoning, uh, David Brooks and Joe Rothwell coming in, Charlie Alcaraz and, and Mason Holgate going out. Um, Glenn. You're happy with that, I guess, David Brooks coming in? David Brooks, definitely. Um, Joe Rothwell, to be confirmed. Um, yeah. Haven't haven't seen enough at the moment to suggest that that's going to be good. I was wondering sort of how he was going to get game time along with all the other players. Um, maybe we knew at the time that Charlie Alcaraz was going to move. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh, I'm happy with Brooks and... Uh, and uh, yeah, Rothwell's got a bit uh, got a bit to prove. So uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one. I said at the time, you know, I didn't really know what sort of player he was. Um, saw a little bit of him driving forward against against Rotherham. He doesn't look like a defensive midfielder. He doesn't look like a tackler. He doesn't look particularly like he's quick about the park. Um, you know, sort of off the ball. Um, doesn't seem to be a lot of defensive nous there. So yeah, I think he's he's a sort of Stuart Armstrong type of player even more so than, than a Will Smallbone type of player. So so re- taking the place in the squad that Alcaraz has uh, vacated, I guess is, um, I, I, you know, I guess that suits him. So, uh, so yeah, we'll have to, have to wait and see on that one. But David Brooks, I'm looking forward to seeing um, play, even if it's only as a, a sub to start with, unless, uh, unless someone gets injured. Let's talk about the, the Charlie Alcaraz one. Um, it was, I, I don't know, it kind of makes sense. The, the, the more you think about it, Steve, I, when I saw that he was off and I saw the links, you thought, I don't know if this is a good idea. And then you kind of read some of the explanations behind it. And you think actually it might kind of work out best for all of us. Um, I mean, from a financial perspective, it's, it kind of makes, yeah, it makes a fair bit of sense. We get a chunk of money um, in now, which allays any even potentially lingering fears that we had that we might be sort of skirting on the edge of, um, profit and sustainability limits mm. um i don't think we'll be anywhere near them near them now with that and obviously his wages are off the off the books i think so yeah i think from from the short-term perspective it it kind of yeah it kind of makes makes a bit of sense in that he's not he's not getting a regular game in the team and i mean i, I don't for one minute think that he's necessarily a, a sort of troublemaker or anything but if he's if he's been even just asking the question of why am I not playing and he's not getting a satisfactory answer, then you run the risk of of making a player unhappy and that can that can breed breed throughout the team. So I think letting the player go to somewhere somewhere else where and it, and Juventus a massive club, it's a yeah. huge step up for him. Which I I mean I find extraordinary given that he like he can't get as I say he can't get into a championship team 
and yet he's been wanted by um, the team that are currently uh, top of Serie A. So be very interesting to see how he gets on there. Maybe maybe the Italian game is more suited to him. Maybe he gets plenty of game time and and actually Juventus do somehow find 45 million euros mm. down the back down the back of a sofa somewhere but i mean quite frankly i don't think they've got the money so you, you I think, think he'll be back in the summer or I'm, I'm, maybe looking for somewhere else i'm 99 certain i mean 99 certainly won't be at juventus next season that's for sure because quite simply i don't think they've got the they've got the uh, the finances to do it but especially for a player that's that's only played at the level that he's played at really mm. Um, I mean, he's got, what, about 15 games in the Premier League where he stood out in a god-awful team. I mean, you can't... It's very difficult to read an awful lot into that sort of one way or the other, I think. But he'll... I mean, it'll be be very interesting to see how he gets on. Um, it might be that him going there and doing a bit doesn't, doesn't necessarily need to pull up any trees, but mm-hmm. he'll learn a lot there, certainly in terms mm-hmm. of tactics. Because one thing that's been very evident is that one of the key reasons why he's not getting regular games for us is because he doesn't seem to listen to instructions. Mm. From a defensive and sort of tactical perspective, um, he is all over the place. And his his while when he's on the ball, that's that's a good thing because he can cause chaos, um, as we saw last 15, 20 minutes of that game at Watford, where he where he suddenly started running directly and and causing causing a lot of ha- a lot of hassle for their defence. When you're in a more structured um, phase of the game and you're having to do defensive work, but you're not tracking runners and you're not kind of getting back into um, into defensive shape and pressing in the right areas and things like that, then the whole system could fall apart. And we found in the Watford League game um, that he played that the in both halves the midfield completely fell apart when we when we lost the um, lost the kind of control of the game. So hopefully that side of the game is something that he'll be able to he'll be able to learn in a in a country where tactical strength is is one of their is one of their sort of big is one of the big selling points, I think, of Italian football, um, or certainly has been over the years. So hopefully, if he if he comes back in the summer, we're a Premier we're a Premier League side again, and he's happy to come back and and he's learned a few things, and we go again. Yeah, Jason Wilcox's comments were very oriented around him coming back and playing for something next season, weren't they? After the transfer, I think the other clever thing that it probably does when I look at it is. You know, you've got you've got Alcaraz's agent talking about these other two Premier League clubs that wanted him in January. For Saints, um, setting this sort of 45 million valuation, it lets other clubs know what they're going to be looking for. If anyone comes in in the summer, they're going to have to sort of stump up some cash for him. So there's no chance you're going to get him on a 20 million bid or anything like that. They've set their marker out. This is what we think he's worth. Um, he either comes and plays for us or you pay it. And he signed that new deal as well, didn't he, Glenn? Um, just back in the yeah. summer, wasn't it? Not that long ago. So they, they've protected the value of the asset there for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a strange one. Uh, I th- I thought that was a bit of a strange one at the time because he, he'd obviously only been there six months, yeah, whatever. And you're signing a new contract after six months, so uh, yeah, it was obviously more a, a business decision than a rewarding a player for or you know trying to trying to get him to stay for a long period of time. It's just the way the modern game is, I guess. There, there's you often hear about protecting the value of the asset with contracts running down and Bosman rulings and all that sort of stuff, and that's why they offered. Uh, Chay Adams a one year wasn't it to, to, to try and stave off this fact that he's going to walk for nothing at the end of this year um, in all likelihood so when did um, they offer him a one year I thought they offered him a one year sort of like earlier on this then season he was, 
This season it was a three-year contract offered. Oh, was it? Okay, mm. fair, fair enough. It was the same money, same money, but three-year contract. No more money. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, but that's that's the sort of thing that goes on gone goes on these days. I, Alcaraz is, is a strange one. I mean, on the face of it, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you keep him here? I mean, if we were going to sell him permanently, you know, forty. If if Juventus had genuinely offered forty-five million now, and you go, okay, fair enough. See you yeah. later. But loaning a player out for for half a season. Um, I mean, we did similar, I guess, with Belakochap at the start of the season. You know, he's a player that Russell Martin wanted to work with, but we we saw it was. You know, best for all parties to um, to loan him out again. Um, I don't really know how that one's going. Whether he's, he's likely to come back. He I had mean, surgery on his um, shoulder injury that he had when he was here, and he hasn't played anything. Yeah, I mean, was the intention there for him to come back? Because I know with some of them, like Chiletta Zara, is my, out my sort of presumption with him was that he didn't want to play in the championship. That's sort of the the vibe I think. We yeah. Got. Um, you had Chiletta Zara and Lianco, who they the club don't want. <laughs> I'm gathering. So, <laughs> so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with all these guys at the end of the season and um, and uh, and Charlie Alcaraz. But uh, no, I mean now he's gone. It's a bit like with um, with Tall Paul going to um, going to Turkey. You just you just hope they do as well as they as they possibly can, and either come back to us as a better player or um, come back to us and we can sell them on for a bit more money than we would have done otherwise. The other thing about the loans, you, you do get a few quid for these loans as well. Like you don't get outrageous fees like yeah. you will for Charlie yeah. Three Million. But like Paul Onyemachi, I imagine they banked a few hundred thousand pounds just by loaning them out and stuff like that, as well as getting the wages off. So there's that sort of thing to consider from a business point of view. I guess the success for us with the window too, Alfie, was more about the players that didn't go. Um, mm. Nikki got in touch with a question. She said, um, could Alfie maybe provide any further details on what, if any, interest there was for Che Adams and, and Carl Walker-Peters during the transfer window? Did the club have to work to try and keep them or was there actually, at the end of the day, no bids? The, the attention was elsewhere. Well, if there were any official bids, the, the club have kept it very quiet, I think is what I would say. I mean, Russell Martin's messaging has been that everybody was on board and, you know, happy days, that is exactly how it worked out. I did hear one sort of like unverified whisper that West Ham did in fact make a bid for Walker Peters. Um, it wasn't reported anywhere else after the interest and I couldn't get anybody to verify it. So it's something that you just can't take as truth. Um, but there's always going to be those sort of whispers around. And a couple of times I did speak to Phil Parsons at the um, the training round or under 21s games. He, he, you know, he always made the point of being a little bit worried about a bid coming in sort of last minute and maybe players knocking on the door sort of asking to leave. I think we saw how the window ended um, in the summer and the effect it had. But, you know, Russell Martin spent deadline day walking his Cocker Spaniel. Um, so he clearly wasn't that worried about it. The one person who Russell Martin did say had a bit of interest in the window that sort of did carry on was Jan Bednarek. And that was something that it wasn't really reported. It was a little bit sort of, I think it was Stad Ren in France that it, it was reported around then. Um, but they kept hold of everybody. So I would like to think that the club sort of took a stance where it got a few days towards the end of the window and they said, well, that's it then. We haven't got time to replace anybody, so we're going to switch the phones off. Um, but, you know, if anything did happen, um, it's certainly been done in secret and maybe it'll come out later. Are you happy with the the, the strength of the squad, Glenn? Because we talked about this this month in particular. There's there's a lot of big games coming up. Are you quite happy like with those that stayed and, and the little additions? Uh, I'm a little bit concerned in the fullback area. Now, you know, we we didn't didn't think he was any good, but Holgate was a was an option there. Hmm. as well and at the moment James Bree is is out injured yeah, you've got a 17 year old kid in, in Magoma who who you wouldn't want to throw into a to a championship game so I, I feel we might be a little bit short in that area but but other than that with you know with Joe Rebo coming back as well to bolster the midfield then I am you know I'm I'm reasonably happy with it 
Um, you know, there are injuries and suspensions and stuff are gonna gonna happen to every team. And we we just gotta hope that we don't get um we don't get a sort of like big injury in the you know, def- defense just seems to be the area where we're, we're a little bit short. Um I noticed we've just sent out that um we just sent a lad out on loan to to Harrogate as well, one of the under twenty threes. Um sorry his name escapes me. So Derek uh, Abu. Derek Abu and you've is it the lad we signed from Arsenal, is he still around? Zach Arway is still in the twenty ones, yeah. Yeah, so so um yeah, maybe maybe one of those maybe we'll see one of those players on the Well at the moment uh, Nico Lawrence is training with the first team. So Nico Lawrence obviously been recalled from Colchester where he was injured for most of the um the start of the season, but he's somebody yeah. Russell Martin's basically handpicked to come back, have a bit of training, have a look at because he likes what he's seen from him. Um so you know, maybe we'll see him um maybe make a squad, make a bench at some point in the season. Yeah. And was it yeah, Cherry so, Small as well? Cherry Small went? Was that another name? That yeah, that was that was a mutual termination. I, I can only presume that the club tried to find a fee for him all January and then when it became apparent that nobody was going to pay for him, um, they let him go so that he could obviously go to Charlton. I mean, that's a strange one, isn't it? You know, I think we don't know what we don't know what forces are at work there, but whenever I watched him play for the under-21s, he was way better than everybody else. You know, he's, he's quicker, stronger, um, just so much more powerful. Um, can play all the way down that left side, but obviously he got 45 minutes for Ralph in Coventry. He looked awful and then we never saw him again, which obviously isn't great man management, but to be fair, he didn't do anything to deserve a chance. So yeah, look, look hopefully he does well at Charlton, right? We want, we want to see players do well. I don't know if he's got an attitude problem. Nobody's sort of said that. So Do we want Charlton to do well, given their appointment today? Their new manager will be the least of their worries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, you know, he cost the club at least a couple of million quid, not Nathan Jones, although he did, and Thierry Small. Um, so it's one of those strange ones. That one didn't work, clearly. Okay. Uh, quick word on the, the women's team as well, Steve. It felt like a missed opportunity today. Uh, they were 2-0 down to, to Crystal Palace. Um, managed to get a goal back, but uh, it's going to go down to the wire again this, this league. Yeah, they um they took too long to get going today, really. And Palace are a good side. You can't you can't hand them a hand them a two nil start and expect to get an awful lot out of the game. Um, gave it a good go, but um yeah, just fell short. But got away with it because results elsewhere went more or less went our way. So we're still only three points off the top. With I think Charlton the top on thirty. Um, they only drew at home with Lewis. Birmingham lost at Watford. And um, Sunderland lost at home to Blackburn, I think. Um, so yeah, three of three of the um, three of the top five lo- um, dropping points against the weaker sides has kept the draw, draw ajar somehow. So um, yeah, just got to go again. Birmingham, Birmingham away in two weeks' time after the uh, Man United FA Cup game. That's that's now turning into a potential must-win. The uh, the league game, yeah, it's on the cup game though. Were you surprised that that's um, that's the one they're going to play at Eastleigh, right, and not yes, Mary? Yes, it no? is. Yeah, because um, I mean, it sounds it sounds to me as if that's a pitch management situation with St Mary's. Um, like we've seen St Mary's this season again, seems to have had that that sort of virus bug problem um, where various um, sort of quadrants of the pitch get um, just seem to be completely cut up, despite having not had that much football played on it. So I think the ground staff are trying to trying to manage the amount of minutes that are actually played on it. But you would have thought when I mean you're playing Man United in the in the fifth round of the FA Cup for goodness it, sake. It, it's it's a chance to get a good uh, a good attendance you'd have just thought. Su- yeah, I mean it's just such a such an obvious PR uh, hmm. win to play it play at St Mary's in the same way they did with the that Arsenal, the Ars- game. Arsenal game the Arsenal game, they? game they the, Con- the Conti Cup where they got 14,000 yeah. 15,000 in mm-hmm. so yeah I I 
I'm a little bit baffled by that one, to be honest, but it is what it is. They have, they have dropped the prices to a fiver um, for the game at Eastleigh. I think I, I think I saw somewhere they'd, they'd sold about two and a half, three thousand already. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't actually know what the capacity easily is now these days, because they they seem to seem to be doing new building work every week. There, well, they were going to put on a, a temporary stand, weren't they? If they got uh, oh, Manchester United in the FA yeah, Cup, yeah, it was about five thousand for the Newport game. Now they now they have got Man United in the FA Cup coming to <laughs> coming to the Silver Lake. So let's see what they've got. They can trot out all the graphics that they had ready to go on the social media, I expect. Right. Thank you, chaps. Uh, on that note, that's pretty much it for uh, this week. Thanks again to Pitta Self Drive for sponsoring the episode. Don't forget, they offer cars, vans, trucks, minibuses on flexible short term and long term rentals with a 24 hour drop off service. And they're offering TSP listeners 10% off rentals with the code Total Saints, which is all one word. You can use that code when you're booking online or just quote the code when you're booking over the phone. You can find out more or get in touch. Head to Pitta Self Drive uk or give them a call on 02380 You can also follow Total Saints Podcast on all the social media platforms. Have a look for at Total Saints Pod. You'll find us there. You can get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch with the DM. You can email us via the website if there's something that you want to share or maybe a question for the guys. Uh, do get in touch this week. And don't forget to check out the new merch shop as well. Final plug for the, uh, the, the 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 fine wares that we've got on this evening. Uh, shop.totalsaints.co.uk is the, the website address. So have a look at that. Uh, you'll also find us on Patreon. That's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution. It's patreon.com forward slash Total Saints Podcast. There are four tiers on there, which range from £5 to £20 per month. And each of the tiers comes with different perks, including some shouts for the patrons in the Francis Benali and the Mick Shannon tier. So thank you to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Andy Hollis, Anthony Thompson, Saints in Exile, Gavin Ford, James Haran, uh, Nikki Nicholson, Southampton NY, Drew Dyer, James Kibbe, and Mike E, who are in the Francis Benali tier. And also thanks to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Nick Reed, Paul Stewart, Phil Horstrop, Matt Hall, and Mark Littlewood, who are in the Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Alfie. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.